right, Breaker One Niner on the interwebs. Get your ears on for the fitness skills podcast from GMB, where we teach you to get strong by practicing skills you actually care about and how to have fun in the process. I am Andy Fawcett. I'm not only the founder of the GMB Posse, but I'm also a client. And here with me is the hero of the GMB Epic Saga, Ryan Hurst, GMB's program director and head coach. Ryan, are you ready to drop the hammer? I am. Good morning from Japan. Let's get it on. How is everything going in Japan? Have you been busy lately? Not at all, you know, because I really don't do anything but just, you know, look at Facebook every day. But the other day I did decide to work out for the first time in a very long time. Of course, I'm kidding. I work out every day, you know, all day long for eight hours a day. And um, just having fun. Things are good. Um, We'll talk about this later in the podcast, but... F2, we got F2 coming up, and so, um, yeah, working on that right now, having a great time. Very cool. I think one of the things a lot of people don't realize about GMB as a company is that there's really very, very little work to do. I mean, pretty much all day, every day, we basically just kind of sit around. Yeah, we watch TV, uh, make sure that we catch up on uh, Sons of Anarchy, um, because I'm in that. You You are, you are. Yeah, I'm in that. I, I hear that you got axed, though. Yeah, man, I died. But it's okay because I'm still alive in real life. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm still alive in real life. It was just a TV show. Good luck. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I was killed off in that uh, television program. If you haven't watched it, sorry, it ruined it for you. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I will no longer be with that show. Ah, oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Well, a couple days ago, since this is the beginning of the month, we released our new uh, challenge for Alpha Posse. Uh, we always have every month a brand new challenge. We create some new tutorials and sort of like a mini program that people can add on to what they're doing that won't get in the way of what they're already training. But uh, this time, we're, we're just adding a little bit of flexibility work to it, and the goal for this month's challenge for Alpha Posse is to work towards the front split. Yeah, I think this would be a really good challenge for everybody. Um, it's, I think, maybe something that a lot of people want to be able to do, and it's going to lead up to some of the things that we're going to have coming out in a couple months, so that's that's a big reason why we're doing it yeah absolutely i think a lot of the skills that people tell us they want like for example like aerials and flips and things like that one of the things that gets in the way for people is actually a lack of flexibility and nobody wants to admit that they're like oh no 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 no, you don't you don't need to be flexible that's total bs right Uh, (laughs) but you you do to do a lot of these things (laughs) and so uh it's it's really good that um you know we're working on that, and if you if you're listening and you aren't flexible, get focus flexibility. That's right. It that. will it will help you. It will fix you. Um, I also want to say thank you to everyone who has been posting uh, pictures and videos uh, to our Twitter feed and our Facebook feed. Um, a, a lot more than usual lately, and it's great. Uh, we like to see more and more of that. If you post a video of you training or doing anything at all GMB related on YouTube or whatever on Facebook, let us know. Uh, you know, we'll share it. We like to we like to show off our posse members, and we like to show that you know people can do all kinds of stuff and have fun. And you don't necessarily have to be in the gymnastics. You don't have to be a professional circus athlete to be worthy of having your video shown and bragged about. Out and uh, so so keep posting stuff. We like it. Yeah, I love it. 
Get it up there. Put those pictures and videos up there. Love them. Yes, yes. Get it up indeed. Get it um, up. <laughs> and finally, we've mentioned uh, maybe three times, I think, so far, F2. Floor 2, we have officially begun our beta test. Uh, and so that is underway. We have, I think, six brave souls that are testing this. Um, we've got yeah, this is a good group of people we got testing. We've always had great beta testers, but I think this time around it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Really excited for this. So the next couple months, really get them working, get them in there, have fun, and uh, hopefully they'll get the triple indie by the end of this. That's what we're going for, the triple indie. So. Well, good luck with that. I am <laughs> really luck looking luck forward that. to seeing it. Uh, <laughs> so with that said... Um, I, I have – it's not really a public service announcement. It's more like, it's more like a, a public service beg. I, I don't know exactly what we should call that, but it, it's not a PSA. But I just want to say, you know, for the love of all that is good and holy in the world, uh, please stop taking pictures of yourself doing elbow levers and calling it a planche. You know who you are. Cut it out. Uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of this lately, uh, especially over the past year. But more and more, I see people taking pictures of themselves doing elbow levers on whatever, and then posting it somewhere and saying, "Oh, look at my planche." I'm sorry, it's not a planche. Stop calling it a planche. <laughs> planche means your your elbows are locked out. Planche means your 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 arms are straight. If your body weight is resting on your elbows, it's an elbow lever. It's not a planche. Get over yourself. It's not cool. You know what an elbow lever is? An elbow lever is a hand balancing skill that you can show off if you can't do a handstand. <laughs> elbow levers are not impressive. I mean, they're impressive when Joanna, uh, the the uh, the 80-something-year-old yeah, grandmother, uh, yeah. grandmother yeah, that's does impressive. it. That's impressive. I can never remember her last name. But, you know, if you're a healthy young person and you're saying, look at my cool elbow lever, it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> I mean, it's a good skill to learn and, and you know, it's important. It, you know, you build up from there, but don't call it a planche. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what else should we cut down on, do you think? Uh, I really think that we need to see an overall global decrease in the number of bathroom mirror pics online. Except for the pictures of the young ladies on the chive. Because that, that I think we can keep up there. But that's just I, a Yeah, I know you, you and Jarl are, are big fans of the chive. I, I don't mind it so much. But I personally, <laughs> you know, I think for men and women alike, uh, there's just something that's not very enticing about a bathroom mirror pick because <laughs> to be honest i know exactly what you were doing 30 seconds before you took that yeah, picture yeah yeah and i, I got with you on that one yeah. i don't want to see it uh you know so please just you know find another mirror somewhere uh go to walmart and then take a picture of yourself there all right it's yeah. way classier Walmart is camera, much get classier. a camera stand for your iPhone or smartphone or whatever. Pop that up and yeah, do it somewhere else. So I mean, the thing yeah. is, yeah, I get it. You know, the light directly above the mirror casts a shadow and it makes your abs look more defined. But seriously, <laughs> I really don't want to see what brand of deodorant you wear. I don't want to see your dirty laundry in the background. So again, <laughs> please just cut it out. Okay. <laughs> so those those are my two kind of. 
uh, requests to the world at large uh, regarding <laughs> photographs. I um, love it. Yeah, that's All right. so funny. So, yeah. so tell me what what what's been going on with with you? What what have you been checking? Well, out? in in other news, um, I'm a big fan of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but I gotta let you know, I'm not into wrestling. I'm not into. I don't even know what it's called nowadays. It, uh, World Wrestling Federation is way wrestling. back in the day. I don't even know what it's called now. It's like WWE or something like that. It doesn't matter. Anyway, though, I love the Rock. The guy just just positive role model for a lot of people out there like i think he's great recently he posted on uh, facebook on twitter his cheat meals after 150 consecutive days of eating clean so after 150 days of whatever he was eating the guy sits down has 12 pancakes four double dough pizzas four double dough pizzas 21 peanut butter brownies with a huge glass of milk that Food sounds like breakfast food. to me. That's that's a that's a that's a pretty good carb load after. That's a pretty good carb days. load. That's for sure. That that shit is not paleo. Let me Man, tell you. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. I couldn't believe it. You know, and um, good for him. Good for him. But uh, the guy works hard. Um, he's the real deal, I think. You know, well, except when he's in the ring doing wrestling. But um, you know, but that's wrestling real, is right? real. What are you talking about? Wrestling's real, right? It's real. It's real. Yeah, I was confused. I'm always confused, you know, because everything on TV I know is real. And I just was wondering if, you know, I was being lied to in that. Except for when they kill off Ryan Hurst on Sons of Anarchy. That's That's not real. But I'm still alive. Don't worry, everyone. I'm still alive. Anyway, let's get to the questions and answers, the Q&A. Okay. Um, Is Ryan Hurst still alive? Oh, sorry. Okay. I guess oh, we've already yeah, covered that good. one. That's a good one. All right. So uh, we talked last time about uh, muscle-ups and w- about – in our discussion of good form, you gave the example of muscle-ups, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about uh, kipping and and why we don't really recommend it. But, Ryan, if I can't kip, how the hell am I ever supposed to get through the transition on the muscle-up? You're screwed. You might as well just hang up your rings and retire. No, nah, just kidding, of course. Um, the transition for the muscle-up really is there's an easier way to do this. And you might have heard of us. You might have, If you've followed what we've been doing up until now, you might have heard of the baby muscle-up. It's a cute little version of the muscle-up. Basically, it's where you take your rings, you lower them to the point where you can use your legs as training wheel to help you get the muscle-up. And the focus, of course, with the baby muscle-up is on the transition by lowering your rings, having your feet on the ground, it's going to help you get used to the false grip. It's going to help you to keep your elbows tucked in tight to your side and help you to get your shoulders over your hands so that you can push up into the dipping portion of the muscle-up. So how do you get through the transition on muscle-ups? You do the baby muscle-up. And so if you want more info on that, uh, we can post a link to uh, some of the tutorials that we have on YouTube yeah, sure. uh, regarding the baby muscle-up. Yeah. And so, you know, the basic idea then is that if you have a sticking point in a move, what you need to do is you need to find some way to scale that back to an easier version and practice that portion, right? So the baby muscle up. It's not just the muscle up. It is for anything we do. And so just don't try 
and I know we're talking about muscle, but don't just try and muscle your way through a particular movement. Yeah. Take it down a couple levels. For, focus on the lower progression, lower meaning the easier progression. Make sure you have that down. Then once you have it, you can start moving back towards the higher progressions. But it's it's like this for anything we do. We always want to take it down, work on the proper form that we talked about in the previous podcast. And then from there, we can work on the actual advanced skill. All right, cool. Uh, so for muscle ups, let's go to another uh, staple question that uh, – we get a lot of questions about handstands, of course, because they're you know kind of a, a foundational sort of uh, ability. And so this one is about when you kick up into the handstand uh, and then um, are falling over after that, I guess. Yeah, uh, so a lot, a lot of people, what it is, um, we've got the tutorial on how to practice the handstand and, and you do the handstand against the wall and you're able to actually hold it. Uh, freestanding handstand a little bit and so you take it off of the wall and you practice wherever okay well the thing is is when people will kick up into the handstand they don't have the control and so they're not able to hold that handstand so basically the kicking up portion is throwing off their entire handstand so what do you do well what i suggest is to start with your hands and your feet on the ground so that rather than standing up and kicking and then placing your hands on the ground, you start with your hands on the ground and you kick both feet up at the same time. And so a movement that I actually like to use, well, not even movement, but the stance that I start in is a straddle stance. So you stand with your feet, not shoulder width apart, but about twice shoulder width apart, and you put your hands on the ground. And from there, bend your knees a little bit, and you kick up with your legs at the same time. First, working on the straddle stand is going to help you with your balance in the handstand. So first, focus on the entry. The entry into the handstand, of course, is very important because if you don't have that, you're going to fall over, and that's the problem. So what I suggest is working using that straddle stand with your hands on the ground and then jumping up with your feet at the same time going into the handstand. Just something that um, I work with, and that's actually how I learned it way back in the day. So something to experiment with. Very cool, very cool. And so another thing I just want to mention here is we also get a lot of comments where people say, I can do a handstand, but I can't hold it for more than a second. Well, <laughs> not to rain on your parade, but technically speaking, if you can't hold it for a second – you cannot do a handstand, all right? And I, I even include myself in this group. I can sometimes hold a, hold a handstand for up to, like, almost 10 seconds, I, mm -hmm. you know, but I still say I can't really do a handstand because I can't dependably get into a handstand position and hold it, you know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm not able to do it as well. And for me, what that means is that I need to either go back to the wall uh, most of the time, it means that I need to go back to the wall uh, yeah. and, and work on making uh, things more stable from there. Uh, and I think that's the case for most people. They think uh, – it's natural to think that once you can kick up into a handstand that you are doing a handstand. But that's just not the case. So if you find that you can kick up but you can't hold it, 
What that means is that you're lacking the strength or stability in either your core or your shoulders 90% of the time, and you need to go back to the wall. So don't think that you just need to do it more. That's not the case. That's the time to go back to the wall, uh, continue working on that hollow body, continue working on getting that nice straight line, and then... Once you build that control that way, you can then again step away from the wall, try it, and try to go you know, from the straddle position or from you know, a squat position, whichever you like best, actually, um, yeah, and yeah. You know, do a slow control instead of kicking up and throwing yourself uh, into the handstand. Try to control your ascent, um, and, and if it works, then great. If not, then go back to the wall and practice. But exactly uh, yeah, right. one second is not a handstand. I just wanted to yeah. sort of throw that out there. Focus and just you know, like Andy's saying, focus on the form. It all comes back to that foundation that we always talk about. You know, you can you can try and kick up there and hold a crappy looking handstand, but really, I mean, you're not going to be up there too long. So going back, really focusing on the hollow body, working the transitions that we have uh, using the wall, then trying the freestanding handstand. Going back to the wall, working on it more, that's how you get it. It's not just doing more of more crappy handstands. It's about focusing on doing and focusing on the foundation and the, uh, the proper strengthening technique. movements that will get you to yeah. be able to do a proper handstand. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really great point too. Um, you know, what you practice is what you get good at. So if if you just think that doing, you know, a crappy handstand over and over again is going to make you somehow someday magically be good at handstands, you're extremely deluded, my friend. You're going to get really good at doing crappy handstands. And this also is something that, I mean, it, it ties into our good form discussion from last time. And just from, you know, teaching a lot of different types of skills, you know, I found that people get attached to saying, I can X, right? Yeah. They, they want to say, I can do a handstand. I can't hold it for more than a second, but I can do a handstand. Uh, and in my case, especially when I was teaching uh, martial arts and tumbling and that kind of thing, I would get a lot of students that would say, I can do a backflip. Well, no, they could kind of like throw themselves back and land on their hands <laughs> and knees, but that's not a backflip. And when you would try, when I would try to give them pointers, oftentimes they would, they would resist making changes because they wouldn't be able to say, I can do it anymore. Right. For, yeah, for a few yeah, times, you know, because yeah. if you go back to the wall, you're not really doing a handstand anymore. And that's a blow to the ego. But sure. just keep in mind that if you can practice doing something well and you can still be practicing or you can be practicing doing something really badly and you mm. can say I can do a handstand or I can do a backflip. But what people are going to see is that you can do a really crappy handstand or a really not really a backflip at all. And sure. so. What you should really be doing is, is focusing on the technique, nailing your form, and don't let your ego get attached to being to saying that you can do something uh, because that really doesn't impress anyone. Yeah. And by the way, we, I think we've talked about this before, but if you really need to see what's going on with your movements and your form, videotape yourself. Videotape it. Watch it figure out what's going on and then maybe you could get a friend a friend can come over and help spot you and you know hold your legs while you're doing a handstand while you're doing a freestanding handstand so that you can start to work on getting into that hollow body position 
without having to use the wall, then your friend can take, gradually take their hands off of your legs so that you can start working on the freestanding handstand with the proper form. That's another option. So speaking of spotters. Yeah. So yeah. this is the next question uh, that we've we've gotten a few times in the past, but we haven't really we haven't really tackled it too much because we haven't been teaching this kind of thing yet. But now with F2 kind of on the horizon, uh, we've been thinking a lot more about this and we've been debating uh, exactly what form we want to include this skill uh, in F2. And it kind of depends on the beta testers, to be honest. Sure. Uh, sure. But. Uh, so the question then is, how can I learn to do a back tuck or a back flip without a spotter? And so the the answer to this is going to be pretty unsatisfying, I think. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be like, what? Seriously? No, really. We've been knocking our head against the wall. I've been trying to figure out a way that we could do this. But really, you can't. Okay? I'm just going to be honest. You've got to do and learn the back tuck, the back flip. Um in a manner that's not going to cause you to break your neck. Okay, that's what it comes down to. And so use a spotter. If you you know, if you've got somebody there, go to gymnastics center, um, find somebody who's a coach, you know, even if it's just one time to work with you to help you so that you can do it properly. And that's what yes. it comes down to is being able to do this properly with a spotter so that when you go back and work on this on your own. You have the proper form to be able to do it without a spotter. Sure, you can use a mat. You can um, practice with a, in a pool or something like that, okay? But really, having a spotter there, not just physically to be able to help and push you through the movement, but also mentally. Having someone there um, will allow you to work on the movement. I don't want to say necessarily better, but in a manner that's going to be more productive and get you there faster. So it's scary to go backwards. We all have this fear of falling backwards and doing a backflip. It's a scary thing in the beginning. So if you've got somebody there who can help you through it, do it. And, um, that's about it, what I have to say. Yeah, and, you know, I, I will say in F2, we, you know, like I said, it depends on how the beta test goes, but there, there's sure. a good chance that we'll include at least some information on how to go about uh, learning how to do this. And, uh, you know, it's it's not impossible. We're not saying it's impossible, no, no. but we're, we're, we are saying that, you know, you need to either have a, a spotter or you need to, to have at least some matting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And... I think there's a suggestion that that you said, Ryan, to to go to a gymnastics center and get somebody to spot you. You know, most if you live in a major city, it is not difficult to call up a gymnastics center or something um, and ask for a 30 minute private lesson with yeah. a junior coach. Yes. It doesn't have to be the top number one. No, no. Like, no, no. A back tuck is a very, very basic, basic skill in gymnastics. It's not yes. something that you need years of coaching to be able to teach. You, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. You just need to be able to look at it and know how to spot someone safely. And you can spend forty dollars on a thirty-minute lesson with you know uh, a college student on summer vacation who's been doing gymnastics for a while, who will know exactly what your mistakes are and how to fix them, and can probably help you make way faster progress in 30 minutes than you could in weeks on your own. So that's Very, why great advice there. Yeah, yeah. That's why we recommend that. I mean, you know, there, it's, it's that same thing with like, you know, there's billions of, there's billions of pages of free advice on the internet, but you know what? It takes a lot of damn time to sift through all that stuff and learn to apply it and screw up 
and apply more until you can eventually do something. You know what? Pay 40 or 50 bucks and have an expert uh, work with you one-on-one on a, for a back tuck in like 30 minutes and you'll have it. And you know, this not only the back tuck, but this goes for really anything. You know, Jarlo was getting back into some of his Olympic lifting. He went to a coach, a proper coach. Yep. And had him check his – actually, I think it was a lady yeah. that was working with him and, and check his form and make sure that he was doing these lifts properly so that when he went back home, he could do them not only correctly but also safely. And that's the name of the game right there. Instead of going on the internet and watching videos on how to do something, hire a coach. Get, have them check it out. You know, that one hour or even 30 minutes or however long it takes – it, it's really going to help. It's going to shave so much time off of you trying to do it yourself. Do it. Go out there and do it. That's why a coach is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good coaching is is just worth a billion times as much as it costs, almost always. Uh, so, yeah, not much more to say about that. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, we mentioned earlier that we've got uh, for our Alpha Posse members, we have uh, this monthly challenge, and we also every month we have like a brand new skill tutorial as well. And a lot of times, people ask us, "Well, I thought GMB was saying that you should never try to combine goals, and you know, you should always only be working on one goal ever for a really long time until you totally master it a hundred percent." And well, for one, that's kind of uh, an exaggeration. I don't think anyone <laughs> thinks it's that bad. But we yeah. do We do always drive home this point of choosing what you want to work on and prioritizing, you know, one or two main goals and really working on those for a certain period of time, you know, uh, and then switching up to a different goal. So uh, what's, what's the deal kind of within how can we then justify doing these challenges or bonus tutorials and things? I mean, isn't that going to totally screw people up? Yeah, that's that could be the thought. To be honest, I mean, this isn't me just randomly throwing stuff out there. Uh, I'm always trying to think about like the challenges that we're doing. I want it to aid the people. I want it to help them and not hinder their progress. And so, like, for example, um, front splits, what we've what we're doing for this month's challenge, it's only going to help everyone out there. And what I mean is no matter what program that you're working on, you know, practicing your splits is not going to hurt whatever you're doing. And so, yeah, we might be throwing something else in there. But it's not a random skill that we're having you do. To be honest, handstands are the same way. I look at handstands really – I'm trying to think about how handstands would hinder you unless you're doing handstands all day long. Like let's say you're working on – um, let's see, uh, rings or some. Well, even in rings, because we've got handstands in there. I mean, pretty much everything we do, there's a handstand involved. And so, working on your handstands a little bit extra is going to help. What do I mean by a little bit extra, though? I'm not talking about on your off day, on your rest day, performing an hour to two hours of hand balancing work. Um, that's probably too much, depending on what you're doing. If you're if you're wanting to be a circus performer or maybe a Universal Studios or something and, and you're doing a hand balancing act or something, yeah, you're going to have to go in there and work on your handstands all the time. But for the majority of us out there, 
you know, if you're out there playing with your kids and you want to do a little handstand work with your kids or something like that, do it. This is the kind of thing that we're talking about adding in extra skills that's not going to hamper our other work. Yeah, and I I think that that's really important is, you know, just knowing what's main and what's accessory. I mean, even if we're talking about a weightlifting program, it's the same thing, right? You're going to have your main lifts. A lot of times it's going to be, you know, deadlift, squat, bench press, you know, that kind of thing. And you're going to have some accessory lifts. You know, you might might put in some curls to pump your guns, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. You might work your calves a little bit, but you have to know what's accessory. And... Any any weightlifter knows that you don't go in there and well all right not any of them a lot of people still do this but uh, the, there's no not too many people that are going to recommend that you go into the gym you do curls for an hour and <laughs> then and then uh, you know try to do a max bench press yeah you know it's not going to work very well um, and so it's the same thing we're not recommending that you never do any other movement, you know? But uh, you can add five to ten minutes of handstand work uh, either, you know, at the beginning of your your regular training session or at another time during the day, uh, Mm -hmm. usually without any kind of consequence. Uh, You know, same thing with a little bit of bridge work, with, you know, uh, some stretching or whatever. It's not going to hinder you if it's accessory level. And you you just got to know, you just got to know that you know there's there's meat and potatoes and there's there's veggies and then there's sauce you know i love my food analogies so you're not just gonna fill a bowl with cool ranch and like drop a lettuce leaf in there and call that salad it i mean you could but you'd be diluting yourself and it's the same thing if if you're trying to do like two hours of handstand work uh, then you're diluting yourself if you think that you're going to be able to get a good rings workout after that. And so it's just knowing your priorities. And another thing, too, if you do have questions, if there are things that you want to do and you don't know how to do it, get a coach. Just like we were talking about as far as the spotter. If, if, you've, if you're doing something out there and, you know, you want to add something in there, you really want to see how you can put it all together, but you don't know how, get on the phone with me. And, and let's figure it out. You know, it's we're here to help you. And so, um, yeah, we do. We do have roadmap sessions. Sound like I'm uh, selling stuff. <laughs> I am. But um, roadmap <laughs> sessions are great because I uh, get on the phone and figure out exactly what you need. So mixing training programs uh, along with, you know, the ongoing skills, things like that. It can be done, but just make sure you're doing it in a way that's going to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Don't don't create a new salad with just cool ranch. That is just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. So tell us, old man, what's it like being a couple of days away from forty years old? I guess by the time that we actually post this podcast and upload yeah. it, you will be officially forty years old. Wow. Um my wife got me a new walker. So that's good. I'm um, thinking about getting a little rascal to help get me around. So do they still make good. those? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turn 40. What is it, October the 5th? Kind of excited, actually. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't really have anything to say about that yet. Well, so. I mean, I think the rule is on your 40th birthday that 
you trade in all of your jeans for corduroys. Sweet. All of your jackets for sweaters. All my white socks for black. Yes, definitely black socks. And all of your tennis shoes for basically, uh, like, you know, slippers. <laughs> right? And uh, you... Well, I guess I'm going to kind of spoil the surprise. I'm, I'm sending you a fedora. Oh, sweet. I'm sending you a fedora and a lifetime supply of Werther's original so you can hand them <laughs> out to all the small children that you meet. <laughs> because isn't that what it really means to be a 40-year-old man? <laughs> all right. So in all seriousness, though, you're 40 wow. years old. You're still going strong. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I didn't die. I didn't die. Well, not yet. Give it a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's awesome. And so happy birthday to you. All right. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the show today. If you've learned anything useful or simply found us mildly entertaining and you're not completely pissed off that we don't want to chat with you on Facebook when we're at Safeway, <laughs> we'd really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave us a review, give us a five-star rating, help people find the the podcast and share GMB with all your friends. I mean, we think we're good looking. We think you're good looking. So let's get more good looking people together, having fun, getting fit and strong. And I don't know. I guess that's it, huh? Sounds great. Okay, all everybody. right. Stay frosty.